Howdy, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Big Facts No Cap, the only podcast that's number one with scary monsters and nice sprites. I'm Adrian, as always, here with Paul. Let's get big factin'. Let's get no cappin'. I am your captain. Boo. Gotcha, didn't I? Big Facts No Cap. Big Facts No Cap. No Cap. Big Facts No Cap. Big Facts No Cap. No Cap. No cap. Cut that out. Cut it. Real cut it. What's up? I don't want. I don't want the audience knowing that I'm a burpy boy. That I'm a burpy boy. Yeah. How was your Sunday? What was up? Lazy Sunday. Woke up in the late afternoon. Called Parnell just to see what he was doing. What? Wait. What was that? Lazy Sunday. Woke up in the late afternoon. Called Parnell. Just to see what he was doing. Who's Parnell? I like how I've done this bit before on the podcast and you're still just as clueless as last time. <laughs> you're like, you never told me you had a friend called Parnell. Uh, those are the opening lyrics to Lazy Sunday by the Lonely Island in which Chris Parnell takes place, <laughs> takes a place in the in the group as well. I do not remember you doing this before and I'm going to forget the next time you do it, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Well, we recorded on a lot of Sundays, so it's uh, inevitable that you're going to ask me how's your Sunday going. And, you know, the thing about it is, what you didn't catch is that I've been doing a Groundhog Day reference this whole time by pretending to not remember. Okay, that makes sense. That's what and that was. You I was wondering what that was. Just, uh, you're two steps right behind there. me not yeah, catching yeah, that. that. <laughs> we see who the chess player is in this one, I see. That was a gambit right there. I've been running a lot of gambits recently, you know, just day to day. My life is full of gambits. Hmm. Uh, do you, do you want to start with the scariest thing of all critiques? I was talking on the phone with Dorley earlier and she, uh, she really went in hard on your, uh, your, uh, anger, your, your wrath, uh, your ire, uh, towards women trying to protect themselves by putting no police, no military in their profile, which is something that Dorley also does. I, I think it's Gordy to do it if he wants. I don't know. Damn, bro. Okay. She just said she was surprised by how much you hate women. <laughs> All right, I won't even bring in the uh, critiques we got about you because some people were really disappointed with some of the really hurtful, evil things you said during that episode. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> well, it's the scariest thing of all, not knowing. All I'm saying is, I think Doralee would date JPEG Mafia. And uh, MC McRide? <laughs> McRide. <laughs> He has an album called Ex-Military. Is that because he's actually ex-military? I don't know. I don't really follow that band. Although, I did see that news story this week of them having to walk off stage. They're the latest in a series of bands that's just had so much shit thrown at them. Uh, yeah, I heard about that. And this was unrelated to the person who was just peeing in the pit every single time during a concert? Wait, is that another thing? I don't think they care yeah, about their fans. <laughs> Uh, okay, yeah, someone would kept... What, well, was he, like, whipping it out and, like, doing a circle like it was a helicopter stream? Or was it, like, he was just peeing his pants in the pit every time and people could smell it? No, I think they, like, they, they were, like, photos of, like, the aftermath of, like, people having to come through, stop the show, and wash the pit. So I think, yeah, it was, like, a, a helicopter situation, but I don't really know. I didn't follow it that closely. I don't know, pits are so funny. Have you ever seen, like, a sort of empty pit, but everybody's still trying to do the same moves they do in a big pit? It looks so awkward. Yeah, I've been I've been to plenty of shows like that for sure. 
uncomfortable vibe just seeing a guy doing like helicopter arms right and left and nobody's in the way and it's like now i don't know you, you just look very stupid I don't know. isn't that the ideal everyone gets their own space i thought you were supposed to sort of bounce off other people to just be like wiling out in a little emptiness it just feels like you don't like a you don't you don't like a wall of death where it's just four people passing by each other <laughs> <laughs> I want that guy to be going at a very standard speed so I can do the video game thing where I have to get to the other side of a hallway, but there's like a mm -hmm, hazard mm -hmm. going back and forth and you have to time it just right that to make sense. it past them. Shout out to video games. One of my favorite tropes. I, I like to wait for those yeah. hazards to time it just right. And shout out to Mosh Pits. Yeah. And shout out to Mosh, a great middle school YouTube channel. Smosh or Mosh? Oh, you're right. They were called Smosh. Yeah, that was their name, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That is true. And shout out to Brad Pitt. Doing the most. Why are we shouting out Brad Pitt? Doing the most. I don't know, because he's in the pit. He's always oh. in the pit. Any other shout outs? No. <laughs> I'm happy where we left that. <laughs> All right, cool, cool, cool. So what's been going on with you, Paul? How was your Sunday? I didn't give you a real answer about mine, but honestly, it was pretty boring. I went to go feed a cat. Uh, and then I made a delicious breakfast taco, and then uh, I watched some TV. I went to I a Palestine rally. That was uh, pretty all right, I guess. You know, I think the U.S. has made up its mind on committing genocide, and at this point, any amount of pushback is just to make me feel better, so in 50 years I could go, I tried to stop them. Yeah, I was talking to my mom today about what's going on in Guatemala, and my friend Jimena was talking to me about it on Saturday. No, Friday. And she was like, yeah, I thought about texting the Guatemalans I knew to like go to San Francisco. And I know there were some protests and stuff and shows of solidarity. And I was talking to my mom about it. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I guess I would go. I, that's really all I can do. That's like the, it the really limit felt of like power. I was going on autopilot. And I was like, I don't think it's going to stop America. I think they're it's Joe Biden's all I think for their it. Mine's already yeah. pretty set. Yeah, people are which is. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to rant about this. But when it comes to people, uh, you know, I'm not naming any names, Amy Schumer uh who feel like leftists online are the peak of power and that it's definitely not every single person with power agrees with them yeah, <laughs> is already insane. it's insane yeah that, yeah to play a victim when you're in when your cousin is chuck schumer yeah meanwhile the little palestinian babies who are dying they have too much representation that people are too on their side honestly the bravery to say that shout out to amy schumer come on let's give it up shout for out amy schumer Paul's instincts, always correct. We were always a Schumer boomer. Is that what her fans called themselves? I think that's what Phil said it once. I don't, I don't, I don't remember. I think I have that clear in my mind from him saying that once on an episode. Eh, well, now that we don't like her, we're Schumer doomers. Ooh, I think her audience were probably called like shoe on heads. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, man. Pretty depressing stuff. Mm. It's crazy. People are always like, the Holocaust, how could that happen? You, you know, like, how could a country full of normal people be so amped up to commit violence and genocide? It's like, <laughs> look around you. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's switch to this is supposed to be light spooky, light horror. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the horrors of human, not the horrors of humanity um yeah anything else that you did anything fun did you do a little like one for them one for me type thing did you go get an ice cream afterwards no i was thinking of it because this place cheats that makes a great philly cheesesteak also has soft Ooh. serve and i'm every time i pass now i'm like i could get soft serve that option is open to I'll me it's so what, close man. to my house 
every time I have cheats, I'm making soft serve, you know what I mean, after a few hours. <laughs> Come on now. Come on, brother. Don't do cheats like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was delicious, and it did not cause my bowels any uh, additional discomfort. Do you have strong opinions about soft serve? I have a specific thing in my mind that sometimes I'm craving soft serve when I'm not craving ice cream. Like, it, it can be separated like that. Yeah, as someone who's not much of a sweets boy, I'm basically just craving uh, Cherry Garcia in any given moment. Mm. The one true ice cream. Shout out to Cherry Garcia. That is a good ice cream, mostly because of the chunks of cherries. It really, like, that texture oh, God, really makes so it good. Yeah, it's such a good flavor, too. It's not too artificial. Uh, shout out to uh, the people who, when I dressed up as Reggie Watts for Halloween one year, it wasn't really clear when I didn't have my keyboard with me, if you even knew who he was in general. So I got a lot of, oh, you're Jerry Garcia, right? Uh, in the Trader Joe's line when I was working that day. <laughs> and I was like, I, that's the guy that I know from the ice cream. He makes good ice cream. <laughs> he makes good ice cream. We don't sell it here at Trader Joe's because we got to be fucking different about everything. We can't have fucking preservatives in our food. Uh, yeah. How about you preserve me some Cherry Garcia, bitch? <laughs> uh, he's the lead singer to Grateful Dead, right? Uh, I don't know if lead singer, but yeah, he's a member. Lead guitarist? The only uh, experience I have with that band is Phil playing it when we uh, did Psychedelics our freshman year of college. And he was like, honestly, I get why people like it. I don't like it when I'm sober, but like it does fit the vibe when you're tripping. And I was like, I'll try it. And you know what? Yeah, it was I thought a lot of people's we main out. complaint was that people say that about them, and then I've heard, but then you play them, and they're kind of pretty standard rock, like they're not as trippy as you would expect. I think that might be what you like about it, though, is it's just kind of like nice to listen to. Mm, okay. It's just very agreeable. I don't think it's the fact that it like guides your trip or whatever. Like It's not like acid rap, where like he leaves that weird 30-second uh, pause in that one song that's supposed to be like a, a thing during your trip. Yeah, so you die. But he took that out of the Spotify version. Shout out to Chance. Yeah, Let's not support chance. drug use. Take out the 30 seconds that helps you trip better. Did you ever do that thing where you drank orange juice because it was supposed to amp up your shrooms? Yeah. <laughs> That's so embarrassing. Just Phil and I like walking down his hall, just chugging from a a, a bottle of, uh, what is it? Is it simply orange? Yeah, just have us just splitting a jug of that while we're walking down the hall to help boost up our trips. There's one that's supposed to cut your trip. Like if you're having a bad trip, there's something like simple you're supposed to eat or drink to cut it off. I can't remember, but it was like similarly, like obviously not true. I always used Xanax. Is that what it is? Because that's what helped me when I was, when I was tripping too hard. <laughs> I mean, that one sounds like it might actually work. I'm talking about oh, there's that like some great. stupid yeah. one that people are like, oh, just like have this like easy thing that you would find in your house it'll end your bad trip was it like grapefruit or something i don't know <laughs> it's uh, all juices <laughs> it's all yeah. different fruits to make your trip <laughs> stronger or weaker. i remember one time when i got way too high at hunter's house adam gave me a piece of just white bread and was like it'll help and i was like all right i'll try it um, <laughs> that was in no way that would help that's so stupid <laughs> that's just like yeah i don't know uh I guess it's kind of like how people don't actually know all the science behind why a greasy breakfast helps with a hangover and like mm. people have their pet theories, but like no one's gotten the funding to actually answer that question. Maybe because making Which or getting a greasy so breakfast takes time and time is really the best cure. Mm. Yeah, that's probably true. That's why they always say watching the Irishman is the best cure for a hangover. <laughs> that's why they always oh. say watching Benjamin Button is the best <laughs> cure for a hangover. <laughs> um. Oh shit, what was I gonna say? 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember there was one time when Phil and I were tripping and I was like, the come up was always really hard for me. It was, the, it was that stomach thing that makes you feel like, oh, I don't like in, like what I'm feeling right now. Um, but yeah, I don't know why. I thought I had to be really explicit to Phil that I was like, hey, I'm taking a Xanax right now. I'm feeling a little overwhelmed. I just want you to know everything's okay, but I'm about to do that right now. <laughs> and I don't think he cared, but I was like, I wonder why I thought I had to be like, <laughs> I had to like make a moment out You're like, it. let me get barred out. He was like, let's go. I'm going to get Roseanne barred out, baby. Hey, you know Anyways, these other rappers can't isn't... handle bars. Come on now. <laughs> no, you already, you already, you already said your piece last week. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm, I just came up with that for the first time. Nobody's ever said that. Um. All right. Uh. What else has been going on with you, Paul? Any media roundup? Um. I watched uh, Shane Gillis's Beautiful Dogs. Uh, yeah, he's he continues that to be a pretty good special? stand-up. Um, okay. I think Phil said he didn't like that special, which still surprises me. I thought it was funny. Do you have a media roundup? Uh, the only other thing that I did this weekend is second annual, uh, for me and Marshall at least, we went to go watch, uh, I went to uh, Friday's uh, Oak Park Black Film Festival. Uh, it was a four-day event, but that was the only day we could make work. Um, I thought I really wanted to go out uh, Saturday because that was the 50th anniversary of hip-hop, and so that was going to be a really fun night. It was also the only night where they had an open invitation to the after party. Um but we went on Friday. It was fun. The first documentary was about Nikki Giovanni, who I'm surprised I've never heard of, but she's a poet. She's awesome. Literally every time she talked during the movie, it was just based as hell. It was just fucking awesome. And it was really funny, too. She's like a hilarious person. Um, so I might have to look more into her actual poems and written work. But the rest of the theme of the night was black owned breweries. And so Marshall and I kind of had the same critique of like, it was good. It was nice. It was cool that we got to like actually see the guys like most of the guys who were in the film came out to watch the movie and like be on a panel um so shout out to those guys and they're doing amazing things but like marshall and i went out after the movie and he was just like yeah the entire time i was just thinking of that fred hampton quote about how like you can't fight fire with fire or whatever like black capitalism isn't going to be the solution but that was very much the through line for all of it was uh you know black people owning breweries is the solution to uh, systemic issues in brewing which you know might be partially true and uh, yeah, I think it was cool because like they did the history of like brewing started in Egypt and it went all over Africa and it was always done by women. It's considered like a woman's trade. And so then you move to America and not move to America. Obviously, that's a fucked up way to put it. You get taken to America and you get put in this culture where not only is it male dominated, but also like white dominated with a European history that's whitewashed it. And so that aspect was really cool of it. But a lot of the rest of the movie was just like basic like in any field it's like yeah there's not a lot of black people there's not a lot of people who look like me and so it feels unwelcoming and when you say you're the owner that you're the beer master or whatever they don't believe you or people are always shocked and so that puts people off and like they don't believe of, like, you, what you hear, who's like, telling that industry. lie is my question to the people not <laughs> well, believing these black I think more <laughs> beer masters it was more how, the sentiment of people being like how incredulous have, like, do you have to be to meet a black beer master and be like this doesn't sound right you're a liar <laughs> Um, but yeah, like all the general sentiments that like you also hear in like academia, and I'm sure if I was in another field, I'd be like, yeah, I get the basic, you know, issue with not having diversity. So, uh, do you want to get to the theme or what do you want to do? Yeah. I didn't really think about how we were going to twist around how to talk about this theme since we've already done it two or three times before. Yeah. Halloween. Last time we just did Freddy versus Jason. So we've only done two explicit Halloween. Yeah. Um, which wait, hold on. That can't be true. What year are we on the pod? Are we on year three? We're on like year seven, eight. Halloween, what are you going as this year? Uh, Coach from Friday Night Lights. 
Right, right. You decided you're not, or you decided that you know for sure you're not going to be around Dizzy, so you don't have to do a couple costume. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to go uh, see my little niece and nephew in uh, Greenville. Honestly, I think that costume might do okay in Greenville. People might know what you're doing. <laughs> and they're going to show me a lot of goddamn respect. They're going to be like, Coach, actually, I have a son. He's a bit of a troublemaker, but he's got a good heart. Could you whip him into shape for the team? <laughs> it would be cool if you hung out with Phil in Columbia and he went as Coach Carter. And he went as Coach. <laughs> and then you got Christian to go as Coach from New Girl. <laughs> That's like one of those costumes where you think it's clever when you come up with it. And then you have to spend the whole night explaining it to people. They're like, yeah, I guess. Sure. <laughs> Um, yeah, Halloween, what are your plans this year? Tour to Davis is that weekend, so I'll be dressing up and biking and drinking all over town, and then, uh, I don't know, I assume there's a party going on. Halloween's the one holiday where you can just kind of assume there's going to be a party you're going to be invited to, so I don't think Halloween's back. Oh, if Halloween comes back, let me tell you, that's going to be stories for the pod, I'll tell you what. Um, but I think, uh, it might be, I don't know. At this point, are people still saying like things are canceled due to an abundance of caution? Or is it one of those things where like, technically, I think we're in like a little bit of a peak of like COVID right now. Nobody's canceling shit this year. That's what I thought, but I don't think it's back yet. I I think the organizational capacity might've been lost. They might've lost that institutional knowledge, which if so, what, what a sad, what a sad thing to RIP. So since we've talked about Halloween a couple years in a row let me bring this to something maybe we haven't discussed before i think the first year we did discuss what we did as kids all hallows eve do you remember do you remember do you remember the one person who was like when you were like in elementary school who was older like a high school kid who'd dress up as like freddy or like a guy with like an axe and actually be scary and freak you out No, I remember this one dickhead in Governor's Grant, which is, (laughs) is that Governor's Grant? No, it was a different rich neighborhood. It was the one Patrick Caleri lived in. Uh, I went trick-or-treating with uh, him and some of their friends. I think I went with Mark because Mark's friend, Hunter Duncan, was playing, their band was playing that night in that neighborhood in a cul-de-sac. So I did my trick-or-treating there. Wait, what age was this that somebody had a band that was playing? This was like high school. Okay. Like ninth grade. And you were trick-or-treating? Yeah, it was like... Yeah, of course. Okay. I, I don't think I ever stopped. I don't think I ever had a year that I <laughs> yeah, I'm still trick-or-treating. <laughs> I'm still trick-or-treating, yeah. I still go to the mall. But we were trick-or-treating, and I was going to a house that was just like a bowl. It was like one of those, like, you know, honor system. And I walked by, and uh, apparently one of the, the like older kids who didn't want to go out trick-or-treating decided what he was going to do all night was lay on the stairs dressed as a scarecrow. That way he could, like, grab you while you're coming up. And, yeah, I remember that scaring the shit out of me. <laughs> Damn, you got got. Yeah, I get, 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 get. Did you, we always had, like, I guess in general around October and November, we had, like, the, uh, what was it, the hay maze? Corn maze? Corn maze, that's what they're Or called. hay ride. We're <laughs> mixing two things. Yeah, we had the corn maze. But I guess, it was Halloween themed, right? Before Halloween, like, it was a scary corn maze, and then it became, like, the Thanksgiving corn maze. Um, are you thinking about the one, Seas Farms? Maybe I'm mixing up the corn mazes. That ha- that had an inflection point where it was just a corn maze until eventually they got enough people from the theater department in the high school to turn into the deceased farm where they did the whole haunted house on top of the corn maze. Yeah. Did we have any other like haunted houses or spooky things in Lexington? Not that I remember, but I might have just not been aware. Not in Lexington. I did once drive out to Bishopsville, South Carolina with Doralee and her friends to do like a pretty like a way bigger haunted house over there. And I remember it being really fun. And Hayride, too. 
And it was one of those hayrides where it was a hayride where like there were stops where like you stop in this building to get scared for a bit and then they drive you to the next place. And then there are actors waiting at this checkpoint and stuff like that. So it was pretty fun. It wasn't like other hayrides where apparently the enjoyment's supposed to come from just sitting on hay while you bounce around (laughs) with your favorite gal. You know, Adrian, America was a lot simpler 50 years ago. And I don't I don't Mm -hmm. take kindly to you mocking these people. That's when America was great. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. When you could get on a hayride and there was no chance there'd be a colored next to you. Do you remember the picture from our yearbook of uh, from middle school where kids got to do a leadership uh, field day where they went to the corn maze and like had to split up into groups and try and see who could do it the fastest? And for some reason, our principal went with them. And so there's a I have a stark memory of a picture of our like six foot five principal <laughs> clearly above the corn being like, I think we should go this way. <laughs> Just like he got to be on one of the teams with the kids. And I was like, I think I know why they won. <laughs> Those pieces of shout shit. out Dr. Which I thought he should think about changing his name. <laughs> Did you hear about that in uh, Louisiana where they're banning a book because the author's last name is gay? <laughs> Wait, did somebody just do, somebody just did a control F and just yeah, I think sent so. in a request for every book? <laughs> that rocks. I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't hear about it from the news. I heard about it from SNL's Weekend Update. But uh, Well, that's kind of the news. If the news was I fun. I mean, the thing about it is I trust comedians more than I do newscasters, mm-hmm. you know? They're the ones telling the truth, like Hassan Minaj. I think the problem with the 6 o'clock news is it doesn't make me laugh. Why would I watch that? Yeah, that's why that's why I don't like John Oliver's show cuz it don't make me laugh. <laughs> uh, that's a an episode of Will and Grace where Grace is trying to figure out why Karen doesn't like Will and she's like he he's a nice enough boy but he don't make me laugh. <laughs> the line just always sticks in my head. So why'd they call it Will and Grace and not their full names William and Gracelyn? I don't know why is Fraser called Fraser instead of uh Niles uh Fraserington. Seems like you're just kind of doing a, 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 what's that saying people accuse people of doing, but but that. What about is it? Yeah, you're just doing a what about You really about need to it. find your girlfriend. That's your sentence finisher, Paul. <laughs> we got to find you that from last episode. You know, I think sometimes people say that what about isms or what about isms when they're just good points about what you're saying. Mm. Just sounds like you're trying to defend uh, Will and Grace by attacking Fraser instead of defending Will and Grace. Do we have anything else to say about Halloween? I don't want to disappoint Marshall. There's an episode. There's there's an episode. An episode. There, wow, that is so embarrassing. That's just like what I couldn't remember. <laughs> what about it, That's just like what I couldn't remember. What about I think you're doing a what about is. I think that's just doing a what about. There's an episode where they show their birth certificates and it just says Will <laughs> and Grace. <laughs> Yeah, anything else about Halloween? I mean, if you want to hear our takes, because I think a lot of people came into the podcast later, just go back to the older episodes. I'm, I'm sure the audio quality isn't as clean. And Yeah, uh, I I'm also sure remember there's like stuff, such but... famous Halloween columns that if you go back to the earlier ones, it's definitely way funnier shit than the columns that we have to source now. We're really running out of spooky columns. <laughs> oh, I, I had a pretty easy time. Oh, really? Okay. It's pretty, still pretty general, just things that are frightening. I Oh, mine was not something frightening. I brought it to cultural stereotypes. Uh, Ooh. Costumes. Okay, I don't know what that's about, but... Oh, I see. I see what angle you're taking. Which, do you want to jump into my columns then, or...? Sure, yeah. Uh, so I brought in Ask a Manager. Allison Green from 2013. Allison Green. 
Ooh, bars. Yeah, we've had her in before, so I don't think uh, too much explanation necessary. She takes office-related questions. I wanted to ask your opinion on something since we are approaching Halloween. I've been at my current position for about nine months, and I just found out that we are having an office Halloween party next month, where we are encouraged to come to work in costumes for the day. I didn't work here last year when they had the party, and I've never worked anywhere that allows people to work in costume. Apparently, people in my office really get into the spirit and put together some really creative costumes. I'm excited, too, because Halloween is one of my favorite holidays. I heard that some people are planning on wearing costumes like Indian, American Indian, Geisha, Gypsy, and that someone in black... Ooh, Romani. And that someone did blackface last year for his basketball star costume. What is your opinion on alerting coworkers that these types of Halloween costumes are racist? I am African-American and would be pretty offended if someone expected me to praise their costume if it included blackface. But I'm not sure how to express that or bring it to everyone's attention. Or even who I should tell. I work in a small office with no HR department. Although we do have an office manager who handles most of the personal tasks. In the same vein, is it okay to tell a coworker discreetly on Halloween that their costume is racist? A lot of my coworkers are older and not very sensitive to racial issues and may not even be aware. What do you say? Oh, they're asking the readers. This isn't even a question to Allison. It's one where the readers, and there's an update. Interesting. Oh. Well, there's an update, yeah. Well, actually, I don't know. You're an HR abolitionist, right? I guess, sort of. Like, there probably should be yeah. something like that for people in office to settle disputes. But yeah, like, I guess mm-hmm. in a lot of cases, obviously. I, I don't know. I'm I'm not going to get deep into my opinion on HR, sure. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, I, I was just going to say, like, the first thing I would say is, it seems weird that your office doesn't have an HR, but I guess uh, that happens. I don't think we have and an HR. smaller offices. We probably did, actually. Do you... It's probably just more corporate. What do you think the chances are that she worked in the... Uh, this is 2013, so before he was prime minister, how likely do you think that this is the uh, office of one Justin Trudeau as just a member of parliament? Is that a thing that he didn't have HR? <laughs> that he's done blackface and dressed up in so many offensive costumes. Oh. He's done it like five <laughs> I times. <laughs> I was like, what a specific thing. Yeah, I do know that part. Yeah, okay. Well, is that... Before he was prime minister, it was his favorite thing to do. But he's like, what, one, one fourth, one half Cuban? <laughs> if you, uh, there are some who say that, yes, he is <laughs> the son of Juan Fidel Castro. <laughs> so potential. <laughs> oh, you're saying he's a POC. He's allowed to. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do you think that sh- there's any chance that in 2013 she worked in the office of... Uh, Oh, so many people have done blackface. Adrian, come on, think of one. A Republican senator. <laughs> like the head of Bon Appetit. Oh, you think I also that- like that the guy the guy did blackface just for his generic basketball star Not costume. Even he couldn't just specific- go as Dirk Nowitzki. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he couldn't have gone as Larry Bird. I mean, yeah, this shit's fucked up. Even uh ten years ago, I think people kinda were hip to this. The thing that gets me about it that makes it's it's a small enough office that they don't have HR and she describes it as small two or three times. I don't know how many people in this office. I'm guessing like twenty. 
It's shocking that yeah. one fourth of these costumes are racist. Like, thinking that's true. Ever, that's a that's a high percentage. <laughs> I think there might be too many people showing up in an offensive costume. This isn't like the one old person. We're reaching double digit percentages of offensive costumes. A lot of older people in the office. Yeah. Well, okay. Here's here's the thing. I learned this once from a child psychologist. Uh, if you have a problem, you can either uh, ignore the problem. Uh, run away from the problem, or address the problem. Uh, call out sick on Halloween. Mm. Run away from it. Yeah. Not a bad idea. Yeah, honestly. Then you don't have to dress up for... You have the whole day to dress up, too, for your actual Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> and you're definitely one of those people who does, like, a crazy makeup thing to make it look like you have a big gash in your forehead. So you're going to need all that time for the makeup routine. Yeah. Um, you know, I actually did. I was in a computer science class where I think I don't think it was like a a prerequisite. So I don't know why such a diversity of people took it. But for final projects, we could do our website on anything. And there was a woman in my class who uh, her whole thing was doing uh, like makeup for like making things look crazy on stage. And so her website was like an instructional website on how to use tissues to make uh, like an open wound thing on your hand, which was kind of cool. Oh, damn. Yeah, I did mine on beer. I just did mine on the different types of beer as a website and just like instructional on that. Um, if they're comfortable doing it around you, I don't know if you're going to change their minds. I don't know. I think the guy who did Basketball Star and did Blackface might not be brave enough to do it with a black guy in the office. Yeah. Oh, I just assumed this was a woman. I didn't know why. Oh, or black woman in the office. No, it could be either. Also, who's going as... These are... I guess this is a thing, but I don't know. Who goes as a geisha for Halloween? Yeah, it's not a very fun costume. Go in whiteface. Ah, give them a taste of their own medicine. Nah, I mean, it just seems like you might as well join in. <laughs> yeah, you should be something else offensive. What What else yeah. is left? What have they not done of the like very stereotypically offensive things to dress up as? Um, they hit all the big ones. Uh, uh mari- mariachi sort of. Maybe like a guy in a sombrero. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Do that. And then, yeah, you can, you can, you can do that thing that Latinos love to do. They're like, hey, we love calling each other slurs. Just don't call me Latinx. Yeah. Any other uh, ideas about addressing the problem, ignoring the problem, running away from the problem? Yeah. Yeah. Call them out on Facebook. Yeah. Cancel Instagram. them. Cancel all your coworkers. Ooh, do you have any friends who need a job and have the skills to get these jobs? You could do like a parasite. Yeah, get them fired and have your friends apply. That way you have all cool people in your office. Because like an office of 20 people, you get five of your friends in there. You guys basically have a majority. And from there, you start a union. Yeah. You ask the ownership. It's your company now. Unionize and have it in your contract that you're not allowed to be racist during your, uh, (laughs) during Halloween. Or any other time would probably be a good thing to say there as well. How about show up in something so racist that they see the error of their ways? They go, oh, I see now. It's wrong to hurt people. Mm. Oh, what? You show up as like a murdered white woman from the year? (laughs) They're like, now that is just not all right. Now this don't sit right with me. Oh, Oh, yeah. Terrorist. That's another classic. Uh offensive costume Mm, how is that racist paul terrorist isn't a race (laughs) 
Did Phil tell the story on pod about how he had a game night with some people at his house and uh, they were playing a game that was getting a little bit like edgy and raunchy in the way that people were like answering things? Because I think it was kind of like you can come up with your own answer for the for, for the round. Um, and so there was a girl who was there or a woman there who was getting a little uncomfortable. And so literally just out of nowhere, she was just like, okay, last round as like a way to get them to stop doing the, that wrong. <laughs> the game. Okay. Last Halloween. <laughs> she just, she just decided for everybody. She was like, okay, last round. <laughs> that girl rocks. Uh, she won. Yeah. Yeah. You should, you should do something like that where it's like, okay, no racist costumes, y'all. <laughs> Just real quick slip it in at the general company meetings a week before, like, and uh, no racist costumes. All right, let's all get out of here. All right. If you actually did call out anybody internally, you are going to 100% be the black guy who's too sensitive and ruined everybody's fun. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, once you're fired in five years, they're going to be like, yeah, we weren't able to do this before because that one guy was just a little too touchy about it. <laughs> now I can go back to being uh, Ahmed the Dead Terrorist. <laughs> And your other friend is just, uh, who's that comedian? Uh, Jeff Dunham? Yeah. <laughs> just one guy dressed in a flannel. Are Jeff Dunham and Lena Dunham uh, related? She's one of his puppets. <gasps> She's a puppet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what, you thought she was real? Come on now. Oh, Grow up, Adrian. Just... That's like Santa Claus. <laughs> Lena Dunham is a story we <laughs> tell to children. <laughs> Hey, come on now. Shout out open Mike Eagle. Don't look up what, what Le- don't look up what Lena Dunham said. Um Yeah, no, Jeff Dunham actually wrote girls to make fun of women, and it just somehow women ended up liking it. That makes sense. Um alright, you wanna you wanna listen to this answer? Yeah. You wanna read this answer while I listen? I read through everyone's advice and decided to speak to the So this is an update from the letter asker. I read through mm-hmm. everyone's advice and decided to speak to the office manager about oh, my shit. concerns. Oh shit, it was the most commented on post of the last year. And suggest that perhaps she make a small announcement regarding costumes since it seems that many people were just unaware of what was considered inappropriate. She actually shared with me that they were already considering asking people not to come to work in costume because of a few issues with very revealing costumes the previous year. (laughs) She was glad that I felt comfortable enough to share my concerns with her and said she would look into it. The firm actually ended up banning costumes in the office instead of making a long list (sighs) of announcements regarding what is and isn't allowed. This also extended to a cancellation of the office Halloween party, they did encourage So literally she's just ruining everyone's fun. <laughs> they did encourage people to be festive if they wanted to, themed earrings, makeup, clothes. So a few people did cat makeup or doll makeup, wore festive ties, pumpkin sweaters, etc., but were dressed in business or business casual attire. A few of us had a happy hour after work in lieu of the party, and all was well. I was really relieved that no one was really upset about the change, and I wasn't the only one with costume concerns. I want to thank all of your readers for their input. It was certainly an interesting discussion, and I was very grateful for the guidance. Hmm. I mean, it sounds like the Damn. question asker is happy about it. To me, canceling the party seems like they were trying to punish the question asker. It seems like a middle school sort of thing of like, if y'all can't all behave and not bully Timmy, then we're canceling the party because of Timmy. Don't beat him up because he's a loser. I mean, Laura said, great update. It's unfortunate the Halloween party had to be canceled, but heck. After hours get togethers are usually better than office parties anyways. That's so fake because anything like I would way rather do something on work's time and then go home at my regular time. 
What if, like, mm. th- that's the lamest shit I've ever heard. This person wants to do something after work and have to work the whole day instead of have something happen at work. Yeah, that's true. Um, oh, speaking of which, there's a lot of uh, Halloween columns in the uh, sea also. I think there's a lot to mine from for if we have to do other spooky specials. But yeah, in general, I think it is uh, sad that, that, they, that what happened was the thing that we joked about where, like, they were like, too many complaints, we're shutting it down. All right, cool. You want to move on to my call? Yeah, let's hear it. All right, I'm going to get a quick drink, and then we'll uh, we'll get into it. Uh, so this is like the third one down, I think, but um, it's the one that starts off with my boyfriend, Peter. Dear Prudence, my boyfriend, quote unquote, Peter, wants to break up with me. Obviously, that's his right. I know that. But it feels like I'm actually being irresponsible by just leaving. Peter has always had an interest in the paranormal and things like that. So do I, although I prefer M.R. James to actual real-life creepy places. Over the past six months, however, Peter has moved further left of the socially accepted idea of normal. He's become convinced that I'm the reincarnation of an evil witch. And sure, maybe he just thinks I'm an evil witch and wants an excuse to dump me. I'd actually be relieved if that were true, to be honest. Peter really seems to believe that I'm an evil soul, though, and is quite sad over this. I just don't know how to navigate this breakup ethically and respectfully. He's not violent or a risk to himself, and there are plenty of worse conspiracy theories out there. On the other hand, he also wants to end a three-year relationship because he's realized he's dating an evil spirit. That doesn't seem like the decision of a healthy psyche, and this has all just happened in a relatively short space of time. He doesn't talk to his family, he's always said they were weirdly religious, which seems relevant now, and he's distanced himself from his old friends so that he could find new ones with the same interests. Right now, it feels like I'm the only person in his life with a healthy dose of skepticism and that it would be irresponsible to just leave for saner pastures. But he's a grown man and he doesn't want me around anymore since I'm apparently unconsciously feeding on his purity. So is there anything I can do? He's obviously not inclined to take my evil-inspired advice right now. I'm telling you what, this guy knows a thing or two about women, am I right? (laughs) Do you think when he says his family is weirdly religious, he means it's weird that they're not crazy religious enough? He's like, can you believe it? They only go to church on Christmas and Easter. There's demons everywhere. What's the derogatory name for that? Secular? No, no, no. Like the Christians who only go on Easter Christmas. They're called like EC something or whatever. Oh, I haven't heard that. But I believe you, brother. Oh, okay. I thought that was a a Catholic thing, but maybe that's a, a Protestant thing. Um, yeah, that might be true. That might be it. They're weirdly religious. They don't even think that the devil sneaks into your body at night and takes over. Weirdos. Mm -hmm. Bunch of weirdos, I'll tell you what. Yeah, that reminds me of, uh, I think one time in college, I I showed you the King Lo song, uh, War, which is the opening track to his album. Uh, and it's about how there's a war going on for the spirit of America or whatever. And he's like a very religious guy. And your comment was like, yeah, I mean, the metaphor seems a little heavy-handed about like what's about like the situation or whatever. And I was like, he thinks there's a spiritual <laughs> war going on, Paul. Come on. <laughs> he thinks this is hell versus heaven on earth. <laughs> you got to understand his perspective. Was King Close the one that did all the uh remixes like that was his thing like I'll remix it and yeah, do yeah, better than you. Yeah, he's a remixed uh, album called like Goat, yeah. He's been on the uh, battle rap stage a few times since then. He uh he he does okay. <laughs> Somehow that's so much meaner than if you just didn't like him. <laughs> no, I mean, he tries sometimes, you know, he does things that are cool. I mean, he's, he can rap, you know, but yeah, sometimes it's kind of overly, overly schemed. 
Uh, his rebuttal game's not crazy. He has to. Yeah, his rebuttal has, game ain't crazy. He has to have he's a pretty written. Has written. Yeah, yeah. He's on. He's, he's it's his pen game that's crazy. Um. Okay. Anything else, Paul, about uh, this situation? About I think really you can really speak to. I mean, the advice is what do I do about him? But I think the advice to the person that you can really connect to is the, the girlfriend. What would you do in this situation? Would you just leave? I think so. It honestly feels like he's giving her an out, and he's crazy but then when she goes on a date with marshall and she's like my ex was crazy marshall's gonna be like "Ooh, red flag (laughs) she has a crazy ex i mean i see her dilemma like about not wanting to leave him in a lurch like if he's having a like you know manic or like if he's having a psychiatric episode that's separate from like he's just got well she seems to deny that by saying that he's not a a danger to himself or others or whatever she well, uses that but, very but there's explicitly people who are having psychiatric episodes who aren't necessarily dangerous because they're just i think even like the majority of schizophrenics aren't a danger to anybody they like they become oh. depressive and calm are you talking about kanye no okay yeah you know what i mean like i i, I see the dilemma there i guess like reach out to his old friends and maybe even his crazy religious family <laughs> But it's not your problem if he doesn't want to be with you. Like, seems like the relationship's ended. You got to get out of there. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think what I would say is, um, you know, shout out to last podcast on the left, which is not a good thing to shout out right now. They're going through a cancellation. Oh, really? Uh, what they do? Marcus always. Uh, so it's a three. It's three dudes. Um, and so oh, I see why they're going to the cancel those pieces of the shit. Pretty, pretty had some issues with alcohol and ended up being a really abusive guy and boyfriend and all around terrible person while drunk. And uh, so he got cut from the pod, which I'm not going to lie. We're not doing a call your shots episode, but I did say during the pandemic when he went loony and like started going like anti COVID stuff. And like the other dudes had to like on Twitter be like, Ben, calm down, like get off Twitter. <laughs> Um, I was like, dude, if this show ever gets canceled, it's going to be because of Ben. Um, But anyways, one of the tropes in the show is that Marcus always mentions when it comes to mental health, mental health is not your fault, but it is your responsibility. Uh, So I think I would use that as an out to be like, you know what? His mental problems, not his fault, his responsibility. How much of this do you think is that she kind of wants to keep him in the relationship? Like she's kind of into him. Yeah, you think so? No, I don't really think so. But you think he's laying down that premium pipe? Um, I think the part which it's like, he's not violent, that's kind of, like, how sure are you? He thinks you're an evil spirit. Like, are you 100% sure he's not just gonna stab he's you one day? He's weirdly tolerant of an evil spirit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, going back to my King Lowe's thing, that feels like that thing where people are different religions that aren't compatible, and you're like, so wait, you think your spouse is going to hell, but you just don't <laughs> care? Like, what are you talking about? Do you believe what you believe or not? <laughs> yeah, it is interesting. He thinks, he thinks that she's a witch. Yeah. Has she? Has he tried throwing her into a lake with concrete blocks? If he was the real one, he would. Yeah, if he really believed uh, what he so believed. Way to find out. How do you prove that you're not a witch? If that's your, if that's the accusation, I, I read the Crucible, and actually, this was in high school, so I probably read the Spartan Notes. How do you prove your innocence? I don't think they do. Right? They all get got. They all get got, 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 get, 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 get. Yeah. Damn. It was just like McCarthy is a man. That was what's so deep about the Crucible. Yeah, and Arthur Clarke, who wrote it, dated Marilyn Man- Marilyn Monroe for a while. <laughs> he dated Marilyn Manson. Was he one of the people Marilyn that canceled Manson him? And Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all full circle. Yeah, this is this is. So wait, he wants to break up with her, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So wait, 
So you're saying that she's trying to use this as an excuse to stay around and be like, I need to stay around. We got to get. I have to help him through his mental health. Ooh, okay, okay. It's not that he doesn't love me anymore. That's a smart ploy. How much do you think this is him not knowing how to break up with her? I told her I wanted three kids and to be with her forever. Okay, what if I told her that I thought she was an evil witch? Mm, Then I wouldn't have to say that. I just think uh, she's getting a little fat lately. I don't want to pay for the services of Ally Peterson, who's going to fake my death and get me out of this, (laughs) but I do want to try something that's not just talking to her directly. Like, she always chews with her mouth open. Like, I'm just tired of that shit, but I feel like I can't tell her that as a reason for a breakup. (laughs) What if I told her she's the reincarnation of a medieval witch? The medieval witch. Do you think she has weird sleep stuff? Do you think that's what it is? Oh, and he thinks she's possessed because she's talking in her sleep? Because it's been like three years, right? Did they live together? I don't think they added a lot of details, but... um, Yeah, I'm surprised that he doesn't have more of an initiative to presumably help uh, exercise whatever's inside of the woman that he supposedly loves after three years. Well, she isn't possessed. He thinks she's the reincarnation, like who she is fundamentally, Mm. that can't be torn away from her. Oh, okay. So then she's getting to her like Bojack Horseman era of like, I can't be fixed. I'm just broken inside. (laughs) I'm just a sad, broken horse. Maybe, yeah, maybe she should do do a 180 on him and be like, actually, the reason you think I'm an evil witch is because you've been possessed. Ooh. By a lying demon. Ooh. And he's like, a lying demon? Grr, grr. He's a lion demon who tells fibs about her being the reincarnation of a witch. I think now would be a cool time to learn some cool magic tricks. (laughs) Just send him down the deep end. (laughs) She's like, look what's behind your ear. He's like, fuck, she made money. She made a nickel out of nothing. (laughs) I know that shit wasn't behind my ear. I would have felt it. Um. Yeah, hold on. Let me reread the question. If there's anything uh, that I need to address, hold on. The fact that his name is Peter—that's stupid. Well, that's a fake name. Also, do you know who M.R. James is? I feel like you know authors. Uh, no. I assume I that's feel like, like a hipster it, Stephen King. Uh, I was gonna say I feel like it's the type of thing that he's gonna have written, like a famous child's book that we know, like a famous. Oh no, it seems more like adult horror. Uh. Yeah, I don't know any of these books he's written. I'll tell you one book he didn't write, the Bible. It all happened in a relatively short space of time, seems like a red flag for, uh, maybe there is something going on in the old, uh, noggin. What year was this written? 2021. You think this was COVID onset? COVID onset delirium? Yeah, you're at home all day, browsing the internet, looking up occult shit. You go down one rabbit hole, you're on the JRE subreddit, and suddenly you're on, like, a weird alternative <laughs> subreddit about witches. I mean, r slash occult legitimately seems to have people who believe stuff this weird. Hmm. Yeah, it's just one of those things where, like, when people get really into these things, and they feel like they're at liberty to decide who's a witch or not, always rubs me the wrong way. It's like, what kind of humility do you, do you have to lack? I think my favorite is when, uh on r slash occult when somebody is like talking about trying to uh summon a demon and uh like what they're gonna go through like the process they're gonna do to summon the demon people on there are not like okay sure whatever fucking moron people on there are like do not do it (laughs) 
yeah, you yeah, are yeah. playing with powers out of your control. Ooh, that that makes me want to do it even more. <laughs> Guys, come on. You guys are too scared that this other mentally ill person is going to put some candles in the shape of a pentagram. <laughs> they upload it. They go into Instagram live with their followers and just like, Beetlejuice? <laughs> Beetlejuice? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, no! Don't do it! And then they go into Instagram live with their followers, and they're like, did you see Lauren Bobart at that Beetlejuice musical? Hachi Chachi. Hey, come on now. <laughs> Only way to make it watchable, I'll tell you what. <laughs> um, did I ever tell you about, so when I, going back to like the, the lack of humility that you have to have, the hubris to think that you're able to diagnose these things. Did I ever tell you about when I went to Sugar Bakers in Swansea, South Carolina with my sister? Uh, it was a place that my dad used to take me to go to. No, uh, but I'm going to guess that it, somebody told you what your aura was and you were like, fuck you. I know my aura. You don't get to know my aura. Close. Um, we were going there. It's called the Curly Frat Place. It was uh, and actually in I can't remember how long ago this was. I think they closed during the pandemic. But like in like the years following it was like an old school classic place where like a double cheeseburger with curly fries was still like five bucks it was awesome but i went with dora lee and we're having lunch and yeah a lady comes over and she was like hey i don't want to disrupt your meal but i just wanted to say and she looks at me and she like kind of puts her hand on me and she's like i just want you to know that god's speaking through me right now and he's telling me that your calling is to be a pastor and uh, I was well into my atheist phase by the point that this happened. And I was like, all right, lady, thanks for the info. And then I gave her a nickel and walked out. I, I like that because I bet she tries it on everybody from out of town. And she's like, I bet you I'm putting pastors all over this damn country. You think that the issue that she's trying to solve a supply <laughs> issue with pastors? Yeah. She's like, I bet you there's pastors all over this country who are like, you know, I was inspired by this one woman while passing through Swansea, South Carolina. Mm. Yeah, there's a little true. twinkle in her eye and she's like i created them i made them think i was divinely inspired not just playing the numbers game yeah maybe maybe that's it maybe that's it uh any other advice for this person yeah i would get out of there he could totally kill you i don't know why you're so sure he's not dangerous this guy sounds like he'd 100 kill you oh that's interesting because it's the same advice as her thinking that it's safe as she says i can get out because there's no safety issue so it's interesting mm. so your, your thing is just either way whether you think it's safe or not just get out of there yeah don't risk it don't risk it mm. do you think that's how some of his, uh his more normal friends are treating this where he's talking about his girlfriend being a reincarnated witch and it's like when certain people talk about ghosts and they're like i don't believe in ghosts but like i'm not gonna risk it i'm not gonna like try and summon them like i'm not gonna try and test them you should just kill her in case she is a witch yeah yeah they're just like you know i don't know if she's a witch i'm skeptical about these things but i wouldn't risk it (laughs) (laughs) she could be a witch you should get out of there (laughs) oh man that was like my parents with umbrellas and doors they would always i'd be like why do you care if i open an umbrella and doors they'd be like we don't know if it's real or not but why would we risk it (laughs) why how else would that wisdom have come about um okay let's see what prudy giuliani has to say about this um i also don't know what era this is from but i think is it emily yaffe at this point no it's dl i forgot who that is there is a complicated gray area in between quote unquote totally unreasonable slash baffling but part of the rich tapestry of human weirdness and quote unquote deeply concerning time to call a doctor and i'm afraid this might fall into it 
Certainly, I don't think you should stay in a relationship just because you're afraid you're the only tether a person has left to sanity. That's not a reasonable or healthy burden to place on yourself. If you want to try to remain even distantly connected so that you can periodically check check in and potentially try to intervene if or when his delusions do strike you as more worrying, then I think that's worth doing. But I think this romantic relationship is clearly over. And to whatever... Do, do you think they're still sleeping together? <laughs> Do you think, like, after all that, he's still, like, hitting it from the back with the knee brace on? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, from his point of view, it's like, she's a witch, but, like... Mm, but them thighs, though. Yeah, I don't get his problem with it. Does she think? Does he think if she's the reincarnation of an evil witch, she's evil in this lifetime? Well, I imagine he probably still thinks about free will. Yeah, why Why is... Doesn't she get to choose to be good in this lifetime? Why is she still like he has to break up with her because she was a witch in a past but lifetime? No, no, because that's going to be a source of problems in there. Like, the, like, she comes home with five guys and he's like, you forgot my pickles, you fucking witch. You doing this on purpose? Oh, he'll, he can't <laughs> get it out of his do own mind. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just that becomes the explanation for anything she does wrong is you're an evil <laughs> witch. And she's like, I told him pickles. <laughs> They don't give you pickles at five, guys, though, just to be clear. Yeah, they give you pickles at five, guys. No, they don't. What do you mean? They've never given me a pickle. We, because the burgers come plain and you have to ask for oh, every single thing that you on want it. On I it. thought you meant like at a sandwich shop where you get a pickle on the side. No, she's not running around the house with a pickle in her mouth. Misbehaving. <laughs> Misbehaving. And to whatever degree you'll be able to remain in his life, it'll be as someone who cares deeply about his well-being and wants him to maintain a strong grip on reality. I think the best thing that you can do now is accept that this relationship is over. I don't want to say that just because he's fallen prey to a conspiracy theory slash is experiencing what sounds like delusional thinking. You are necessarily in danger. But I do hope that if he ever escalates from you're an evil spirit to you're an evil spirit and it's my responsibility to get rid of evil spirits, you'll already be far away and well protected. To that end, I think you should make sure that you're not alone with him right now. I know you say he's not violent or a risk to anyone, and I'll take your word on that. I'm not suggesting that you need to call the police or put him in a psychiatric hold, in a psychiatric hold. I don't think that would do much good. If he ever does start offering threats, please prioritize your safety. From DL. Yeah, I thought that was uh, pretty well articulated. Did a pretty good job of just basically saying it's not your job. Yeah. I think the one thing that they didn't tackle is if she is still into him a little bit. Because it's like, why else would somebody try to force a relationship with somebody? It's been three years. You don't think they could just be uh, worried about them? That's true, but like... I don't know. I know you're just a dirty little dog, and that's the only reason you're into these things, but I, I care about people. Oh, okay. I oftentimes mm-hmm. form strong connections with them. Yeah. Nice guy Adrian over here. Get in the comments. <laughs> Leave a five-star review about whether or not you think either of us are nice guys. <laughs> Did you have anything else? I, I just don't understand the day-to-day dynamics of this relationship once this accusation has been hurled. <laughs> It is funny. How did he first tell her? Did he sit her down and he was like, we got something important to talk about? I've actually come (laughs) to realize that you're the reincarnation of a witch. And did she play along at first when she's like, okay, how do we get the witch out of me? And he's like, oh, no, no, no. You are the witch. Oh, yeah. You're going to fuck the witch out of me, aren't you? (laughs) Come on now. (laughs) Oh, you think he's been role playing this whole time and she doesn't get it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like buying a pointy black hat and shit, and he's like, oh, be a witch for me, baby. And she's like, why is he going through this mental anguish? (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. Now you want to go in a third second? Yeah, let's do it. All right. You have more than I do, so do you want to go first and or explain the situation? Sure. So we're doing a Halloween episode, and a famous sort of spooky story that comes up online is, what if this kid's show actually had a dark or twisted plot or, like, explanation or, like, secret meaning behind it? Um, Yeah. So let me just pull up and give you guys some of the most common examples, Adrian, if you want to, like, mention some of your favorite examples. Uh, By the way, me and Adrian often make fun of this trope of, like, creepypasta as, like, very lazy and honestly usually, like, it feels like people are phoning it in and it's not that insightful or... If you you want a companion piece for this, LS Mark on YouTube did a great video about it of, like, there are tropes of it, so there's always, like, apocalypse scenario, it's all in someone's mind... These characters represent the seven deadly sins. Uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog has a great uh, theory about how nothing scary is actually happening. It's just the world from a dog's point of view. Uh, People always have SpongeBob theories about how, like, they're in a nuclear test site in the ocean, and that's why they're all able to talk and, like, humanoid and stuff like that. Um, uh, What are the other ones? Um, My favorite one is uh, in The Fairly Odd Parents. Timmy Turner uh, has the... Cosmo and Wanda for like years and then never wishes for a bigger dick. So, you know, he's packing that schmeat. Paul, <laughs> any ones that you wanted to do? Um, oh, Scooby-Doo takes place during like an economic depression. That's why all the doctors and like fancy people are uh, like destitute and trying to run small scale crimes. The Flintstones is in the same world as the Jet Sense, but they just live on the ground. Uh, oh that one's fucked up uh there's the one about um caillou has cancer because he's bald yeah dorley had to tell me to stop pitching ideas that was someone has cancer just because they're bald (laughs) um yeah there's two pokemon ones that are popular one is that there was a war ash dies in episode one yeah so that's one of them that he's been in a coma or dead and this is all like his last uh, dreams. But then there's also that there was a war in the previous generation, and that's why uh, all a lot of older people are dead. Like Ashes, Ash and Gary are both missing parents. Uh, yeah. Why there's a ton of organized crime? Why nobody like Pokemon are used to fight each other, but not used for other things because there was a war and it was outlawed to use. I don't know. That's about the level of evidence I'm bringing in today. It's usually that type of thing. So I we've both written a couple of these. We're gonna read them out. Maybe we can add to the canon. Maybe these are gonna make it into these yeah. uh, into popular online discourse. What was your approach and style for this? I'm not sure. Maybe you could tell me. I mean, my first one is a Pokemon one. I added to the canon of Pokemon Dark theories. I wrote mine as best as I could. As like, imagine a segment in like a Watch Mojo top ten conspiracy theories about kids shows type thing. Yeah, mine's probably similar to that in style. Okay. The reason Pokemon are- mixed with like a little bit of like HP Lovecraft and like a little bit of like Faulkner uh, in the prose, you know. The reason Pokemon are loyal to their trainer after being captured is because the Pokeball is basically a negative feedback virtual reality that tortures them into submission. Everybody- Oh shit, dog, that makes so much sense. (laughs) Everybody in the universe is aware of that, and that's why Ash won't put Pikachu in there. 
It's why the Pokemon mm. fight so hard to not be in there and why they're so willing to fight for the trainer after even their first time being in the Pokeball on being let out. Damn. So is that why, like, canonically, if you don't have a certain number of badges, you can't, Pokemon up to a certain level won't uh, follow your commands? Is that because they're too strong for the Pokeball's negative feedback matrix, or? Oh, I, I didn't remember that part from the games. You they, Yeah, you, that's the, it keeps you from over-leveling your Pokemon before a gym. Mm, yeah. And it also plays in the show because Ash's Charizard never listens to him once it evolves. Yeah, because then you're like once you have the 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 gym badges level up your pokeballs to be able to mm. fight stronger and stronger pokemon into submission. Obviously. I thought that was obvious. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, was that one of the one cent ones or is that one of your full ones? That was one of my fuller ones. Okay, okay. Um so let's flesh it out a little bit more. Okay. Should I try and poke holes in your theory? Um I know this franchise well. I was going to say, I, one thing, I don't know the newest canon, so I don't know if they've ever gone into the Pokeball or ever explored the dynamics of the Pokeball in the newer seasons. I think, I want to say, coming back to the beginning, I feel like that's a Smosh skit, is like, what's inside a Pokeball? No, it's Adult Swim, where they do the thing where, like, inside is just a bunch of, like, hookers and blow and, like, alcohol where they're hanging out in there. I mean, um, very similar to mine, so, except positive instead of negative reinforcement. Wh- why is why is Ash the only one who's able to keep a Pokemon and not in a Pokeball? I think the rest could. They just don't care to. All that effort to train them IRL when the Pokeball does it for you. Oh. The Pokeball is a convenient tool so that you don't have to train it. It just tortures them into submission and makes them ready to fight for you upon the next release. God damn. That's dark. Yeah. I can't watch that show the same way again. You ruined my childhood. I know. I'm a mad genius, Adrian. Damn. I mean, why else? If it was nice in there, if you just beat the shit out of it with your Pokemon, put it in the Pokeball, why would it fight for you the next time it came out instead of run away? If it was just nice in the Pokeball. Good point. Nah, it's been used with negative feedback training that it knows if it tries to run away, it's going to feel massive pain. Hmm. Large voltage just dropped right into its Pokebody. But how does that affect the electric Pokemon? Uh, what are they weak to? It's going to get a large grounding. <laughs> it grounds them? Earth. It's going to get a large Earth-type attack. What about Pokemon like that one lantern fish that has the special ability where it absorbs electric attacks? Shut up, man. It makes sense. <laughs> okay. You want to move on to my first one? Yeah, let's hear it out. All right. Rugrats. You familiar with this? Yes. All right. My theory is Rugrats All Grown Up is a prequel because all of the kids have Benjamin Button disease. (laughs) Are you familiar with the All Grown Up, the sequel series where it's 10 years later? No. (laughs) Okay. It's a show about them as teenagers. It came out after Rugrats ran for 11 years. So it was one of those things where it was like, oh, they get to grow up with the show. But that's not what happened because these kids aren't growing up. This is a prequel. We all know and love Tommy, Chucky, Phil, Lil, Dill, Kimmy, Angelica, and Susie, and we were all stoked when they decided to age them up a decade for a teen TV show with our favorite little guys. If they were teens, they would have to have aged them up more than a decade. No, because they're like three in the show, right? No, they're Rugrats. They're still wearing diapers. They're like... They're like two. They're like two in the show. Okay. So they're like 12. They're preteens. 
However, when you look at the evidence, it's clear that All Grown Up is actually a prequel, not a sequel, and all the kids suffer from Benjamin Button's disease. <laughs> How else would the kids be so competent as babies? Unless, of course, they were actually 80 years old and full of wisdom from a life long lived. Furthermore, in interviews, the production crew for the show said that they did not want the show to get too dark and tackle really heavy teen topics, instead favoring scenarios that were relevant for their ages 9 to 11 target demographic. However, this is obviously a ploy to distract from the fact that the cast of characters are about 70 years old when this show takes place and have gotten all their desires to abuse drugs and alcohol and suck and fuck out of their system, <laughs> obviously. Rewatch the original series and you'll likely pick up on even more clues about the fact that they're 80 years old when the original series takes place. Okay, question. Yeah. Is there any I got answers? Is there any I haven't watched these I haven't watched them. Is there any like subtle clues in the show that like the technology has actually decreased instead of increased in that decade so that's what's interesting is i think the show tries to trick you because the obvious <laughs> jump in animation quality makes it seem like it's more futuristic but actually all the technology is analog and fit in kind of like the same decade span as the original series going backwards and not forwards mm -hmm. don't check me on that how do you explain the parents and the original rugrats who are they so um the parents are caregivers because they don't actually need parents because their parents are long dead because they're 80 years old uh they are uh, just caregivers who happen to kind of look similar uh and maybe a little bit younger in the second series even though do they uh, also have Benjamin actually, button disease no they're just random people like they come in and out of their lives okay well no other question you've convinced me officer all right what's your second one do you want to do a short one and the full one uh sure uh Okay, my first short one. Uh, the Cars universe is set in the future of Tatan's universe. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Human skin truck, baby. <laughs> um, okay, and my next uh, longer, more fleshed out one. Oh, you didn't want to talk about that anymore? Oh, I mean, I, I don't know if I can defend that one. I don't know if there's a lot of extra proof other than... So wait, you think that the Cars universe is set in the universe of a movie that came out 13, 14 years after the first Cars movie? Yes. That's what right, I'm pitching cool. to you. Sounds good to me. The, the human-car hybrids win out and far in the future. In the war, of course. They're clearly superior. Yeah, I, I guess you would say Titan is a prequel because, you know, they played off of Cars and created, like, the origin story for that universe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. In the show Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, if the camera ever did- <laughs> That's not a cartoon. That's true, but I-, I Okay. Do you want me just to stop then? No, no, no. Kids media. We'll do. We'll expand this to kids media, even though the original pitch was cartoons. In the show Mister Rogers' Neighborhood, if the camera ever did a one eighty, you would see that he's been talking to a photo of his deceased son taped to an urn. It turns out Mister Rogers had previously been an alcoholic, and one night while driving his son home drunk, he crashed the car with his son in the passenger seat, killing him. His wife left him, and he slowly went insane drinking booze in his house, pretending that everything was still perfect. That's sad, man. 
So he's drunk for every episode? Yeah. Sloppy. <laughs> that makes sense, because he has all that imagination in him. Yeah. And he's still just trying yeah. to be- create a perfect world for his beautiful son that he lost. So what's the evidence for this? Uh, if you ever see in his glasses a reflection, you can see a little urn with a picture taped to it. Oh, that's so sad. I don't know what to say about that one. That one ruins Mr. Rogers for me, even though I never watched the movie or the documentary. <laughs> or the show. <laughs> but I'll never be able to watch Mr. Rogers the same way again. That was next on my watch list. <laughs> I was finally going to catch up. <laughs> I was finally going to catch up on Mr. Rogers. Uh, did you have Did you have anything else to say about that one? No. That one is good. I'm surprised no one's uh, come up with something like that before. That's good. I didn't Google to see if any of these had... Uh, parallel thinking so oh i didn't either um okay uh my next one involves a little show that you might recognize as teen titans Mm. did you watch the show growing up are you gonna say that they're all benjamin buttons of older superheroes (laughs) (laughs) you you son of a bitch No, no, no 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 you familiar with this franchise yes Love this show. Never got a proper ending. Always hated that. What are you talking about? Teen Titans Go really gave it the uh, really gave it the arc it deserved. You shut your fucking mouth right now, Paul. Nah, I'm just kidding. I wasn't young enough to watch that show, so I actually don't have the hate for it that everyone else in the fandom has. Um, okay, so this is about uh, okay. So Teen Titans is a beloved animated series in the DC universe about what ends up being a whole slew of superhero characters who don't get their origin stories explained. One adorable pair of heroes is Mas Imenos. Do you remember these guys? They're part of Titans East. Um, Mas Imenos, two kids who can utilize super speed powers when in contact with each other. According to the wiki, Mas Imenos are about 11 or 12 years old and fresh off the boat from Guatemala as they are monolingual yet still somehow able to perfectly understand English. Although you can make some assumptions based on technology, there is no set date that the show takes place, meaning that this fantastical world could be set around 1960, which would put the twins in Guatemala as babies around 1948. Paul, do you know what happened in Guatemala in 1948? The coup? No. That's right. Sorry, in my script, I had you answering it correctly. That's right. (laughs) That's right. The U.S. military syphilis experiments on Guatemalans. U.S.-backed doctors led the infection of 1,300 Guatemalans with syphilis, gonorrhea, and cancroid without their informed consent. In total, 5,500 people were involved in this study, including prisoners, sex workers, and orphans. The U.S. was trying out multiple novel and experimental treatments on these subjects, and it's likely that at least one of them might have resulted in unintended consequences. The theory is grounded in the fact that Masimeno seemed to understand English perfectly, and how else would two Guatemalan kids in the 1950s gain any experience with English, perhaps because they were receiving regular checkups from U.S. doctors. Suspicious, isn't it? Damn. That is dark. They never explain how they get their powers. What's their, what are their names? Masi Menos. Masi and Menos? Or? No. Masi Menos. Si podemos. Uh, so, plus and minus. Ah. Uh. They're, uh, they're two little uh, fair-skinned Guatemalan kids who have a plus and minus, kind of like a plus and minus situation from mm. your Pokemon thing. And if they touch hands, they can do super speed. They're little short little kids. Damn. That sucks to have your power attached to you having to, like, hold on to your sibling. 
But I guess they had to stick close together, considering what happened to them as babies. Exactly. And also, yeah, that's good evidence for what I'm saying. And also, they come up with creative solutions, and uh, they're clearly fighters. And I think that's uh, evidence to the hardships that they grew up with. And uh, I think that's this is probably the most uh, likely scenario. Uh, I do want to give a shout out to my sister who helped me brainstorm this one. Ooh. Any other questions, Paul? I don't want to get all Jeff Tiedrich on you, but any fucking questions? Um, do you want to try and poke holes in this one? No. Do you want to say that Teen Titans isn't set in 1960s? Because there's no <laughs> canonical date. No, I, I, I literally could not doubt that. I mean, I imagine in the 1960s they had all that technology. <laughs> or it could even be set in present day and then there's like a stunting thing about being uh, injected with uh, all these uh, treatments and stuff. You know, it's, the ages aren't set in stone. Yeah, no questions. That's dark, man. Yeah, can't watch that show the same way. <laughs> yeah, you ruined that show. Next time I sit down to watch Teen Titans, I'm not going <laughs> to enjoy it at all. As much. All right, what's your next dark conspiracy, Paul? I'll do another short one. Uh, this one is also not a cartoon. The short one, the longer one is. Um, and it, this one is more like The Courage of the Cowardly Dog, where it turns the scaries thing into a not scary thing oh i like those too the series of unfortunate events is all (gasps) in the imagination of a privileged kid whose parents love them i was gonna guess if you had given me a chance to guess i would have been like oh it's a privileged kid's view of the world (laughs) after having their parents raise them as Uh, i was gonna say but they're writing a college admissions essay that's asking them about what struggles (laughs) they went through in life (laughs) yeah that's fire that's 100 percent true I think that's what Lemony Snicket intended. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So, have you heard of this uh, little series called The Magic School Bus, Adrian? Have I seen this? Have I heard of this? Have you heard of this? Yeah. All right. Well, this as this theory goes, Miss Frizzle is a satanic Jeffrey Epstein-style cultist. She's drugging the children daily to make them more pliable and groom them with hallucinogenics. Every field trip is an excuse to put the children in a horrifying situation so that they grow more attached to her as their protector, as well as to siphon adrenochrome. Also, it's a good form of gaslighting that is separating the kids from their parents because the children go home and tell their parents about their wild days at school, making the parents believe the children are going insane. Soon, Miss Frizzle will go to each of the kids' parents and convince them that their mental delusions and schizophrenia have progressed too far, and they need to give them up to the control of her and a mental institution for the child's safety. From there, she will sell the kids to the Clintons or Bohemian Grove or wherever, or Pizza Ping Pong. Planet Ping Pong? Planet Pizza Ping Pong. (laughs) Um, What's the evidence for this theory? Oh, you think she has an actual magic school bus? Let, let me tell you, Paul, and I, I, I want to say this. I'm not a skeptic, but I just wanted to ask, just to be thorough. Oh, you think it's more likely that she has an actual magic school bus than she's a satanic cultist who has access to some LSD? So she's doing her own MK Ultra. Yeah. Damn. I don't know if I can watch that show the same way again. <laughs> also, she has a fucking lizard as a pet. That's the most devil pet you can have. She's getting slizzard with her lizard every night? What are you talking about? <laughs> Ain't no moral person doing that. Mm-hmm. God damn. 
Also, she was obviously a lesbian, so that's kind of my jumping off point for being like, oh, she must be a satanic pedophile, because, you know, all queer people are. Right, 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 right. She was grooming children, which is what they do, Mm -hmm. and she was specifically doing it for Epstein. Damn. I'm pretty sure this is what 90% of conservatives believe (laughs) at this point, is exactly what I just said. We have to do one of those uh, Scientology episodes of South Park where we have to put this is what they actually believe <laughs> I know. Thing down below. The problem with this is that, like, this is the right-wingers that centrists are talking about when they're like, I'm a centrist. I don't believe Miss Frizzle is a satanic cultist. <laughs> uh, but I also don't believe black people have the right to walk through the streets of this country safe. So, you know, I'm kind of a centrist. <laughs> that makes sense. And that's a good position to have. Um, okay, yeah. Anything else about that one? Or wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's let's do a quick review of yours. So you did Cars, which I did watch, but I didn't know intimately. Uh, you did Magic School Bus. I don't think I actually watched that many episodes of that show. Oh, not even at school. Mr. Rogers, which I never watched. I think we only watched like two episodes. I think we did like the circulatory system one in biology once. Pokemon, um, and then your other one was Pokemon. Okay, that one I knew pretty intimately, and I was able to be fairly convinced that you had the details there. Series of unfortunate um, events. I did actually read that whole series, and I did really like it, and I think your take on it didn't really need anything about the details of the book. It was just a- <laughs> It really fit outside of the universe. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm surprised. Uh, there are a lot of cartoons, so like obviously there wasn't a huge chance of, our, of us overlapping, but I guess I thought there was always going to be a worry about us overlapping. Um, oh, and um, those, you, you had two. Oh, do you want my last one? Oh, yeah. Okay. Are you familiar with the show The Wild Thornberries? Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, no, not at all. Do you want I don't to- know why I said yes. <laughs> oh, okay, you're very agreeable. I was going to ask what your guess on it was if you knew about it, but uh, I'll have to explain it from scratch. Yeah, and I'm surprised you didn't do Over the Garden Hedge. I guess that show already has a dark... Wall? Yeah, already or, or has- do you mean... <laughs> Over the Hedge makes... Because there's the one with the squirrel and yeah. <laughs> no, I'm surprised you didn't do Over the Garden Wall, but I guess that show has its own dark twist built in. Yeah, I think that one's kind of already in there. Um... The Wild Thornberries. So you like literally don't know what the show's about. No. It is Eliza Thornberry, her sister. So she's a little young ginger girl, her English father and her American mother, and then their pet monkey, uh, or chimpanzee, and uh, a, their adopted son, um, who's like, uh, uh, they got, they found him during their, so Nigel, the father, is a nature documentary person, so they literally just go in a camper van all around the world and document nature, and one day, because Eliza has this pet chimpanzee that she gets along the way, she wishes in the first episode that she can communicate with animals, and a uh, shaman grants her the wish to be able to communicate with animals, and the entire series is her helping fight against poachers or do other things with her ability to communicate with animals, and so that's the that's the whole point of the show. Is there... A theme song that explains all this so that if you watch a random episode, you get the back plot or. I think it might actually be a spoken word like my name's Eliza and one day this happened to me and now I can communicate with animals. And the fire like, yeah, nation I think it's attacked. That. Yeah, I think it might be one of those. Okay, cool. Um, okay. It's famously, Nigel is played by uh, Tim Curry. So he's a very memeable. You might have seen Nigel Thornberry memes along the way. Okay. So the Wild Thornberries, uh, and this is uh, this has a co-writing credit from one Mr. Phil Carter, uh, who helped me come up with this idea. Um, the life and times of a family filming nature documentaries all over the world, originally conceived as an adult animated show for Fox, they ended up selling it to Nickelodeon with a quote-unquote 
more kid-friendly version, but we'll see about that. Along with the two daughters that are <clears throat> along with the two daughters in the family, there is an adopted wild boy named Donnie, uh, so a kid who basically was raised by animals who they pick up along the way, who only speaks gibberish uh, and refuses to wear anything besides a pair of shorts, and a chimpanzee named Darwin. In the season four premiere, Origin of Donnie, it is revealed that Donnie was raised by a mother orangutan in Borneo after his parents were killed by poachers. Uh, His parents were both naturalists who even met the Thornberries once while the Thornberries were on their honeymoon. The series later reveals. What a coincidence. Likewise, a feature of the show is that Darwin the chimpanzee is domesticated and prefers life and civilization, something Jane Goodall shames Eliza Eliza for in a season four episode. That's the main driver of the plot is she meets Jane Goodall, played by Jane Goodall, who shames Eliza for keeping uh, a chimpanzee as a pet. Canonically, he supposedly joined the family after meeting Eliza during a shoot in the wilderness. In general, he's a very anxious and cautious animal, speaking with, in terms of how Eliza hears him, a posh British accent throughout the show. But are these origin stories true? Are we perhaps dealing with an unreliable narrator? The show is from Eliza's perspective, so of course we can't assume that a child knows everything about her family's history, and likewise, it's likely that she would accept whatever stories her parents told her were true. My theory is that these origin stories are made up, Donnie's parents are made up, and Nigel, the father, is actually out in the wilderness with his family because they are on the run from the law. From what exactly? Illegal animal trafficking, which is how they actually got Darwin, and child abuse, which is the actual reason why Donnie appears feral and wild. He was experimented on and abused by his parents, hoping to understand what really makes humans human. He was kept in isolation, not taught any human behavior, and shown no love or affection by his family. That is, until they got caught and had to flee from the UK. First question I know is why they didn't experiment on either of their daughters who were older, and obviously the answer is that they were waiting on a son since they couldn't bring themselves to treat their female children like that. Evidence. There is some evidence that Donnie was able to sneak out and learn some things while being experimented on by his parents. Donnie occasionally- oh by the way, Donnie is played by Flea, the bassist from Red Hot Chili Peppers. There is some evidence that Donnie was able to sneak out and learn some things while being experimented on by his parents. In several episodes, Donnie- occasionally shows random signs of sophisticated education, such as knowing how to do table placement settings and properly drinking tea. Donnie might also know a little bit of French, as during a lesson he stated that an apple was a palm, which is French for apple. Likewise, Darwin shows too much affinity for human society to be originally from the jungle. The fact that he speaks with a posh British accent also suggests he grew up around the family rather than joining them later on. But hey, it's just a theory. Damn, I'm never going to be able to watch that show the same way again. You never watched it. <laughs> well, I was planning to watch it soon. <laughs> that was next up, man. He's on the watch list? Uh, The theory's a little busy for me because it kind of has two separate twists. Both that they were well, animal two traffickers. Of the, two of the added family members both have dark histories that lead to their life of fleeing into the jungle. Yeah, but it's that they were, but that family in general was both human traffickers and, or animal traffickers, and they were doing a experiment on their own child. It's kind of yeah. two things. I'm sorry, life is complicated and messy. <laughs> I'm sorry, the truth doesn't fit in your simple narrative, Paul. I'm, I'm just saying, from an Occam's razor perspective, it's not the simplest explanation. <laughs> I think it makes way more sense to the regular show, and I, I think you should Occam Razor these nuts. 
<laughs> also, in season three, episode two, there's actually a flashback from a different character's perspective where you see that the family was how they were. So that can't be the child being in a. No, I know the show. That's not it. It is him. You're right. God damn it. I was trying to catch you out, but you're too much of an expert on the wild swordberries. Can't catch me lacking. Um, That's how he met his American wife was during his travels for illegal trafficking of animals. <laughs> so wait, they're from the UK, but they're in the, what, what, where are they most of the time in the show? Like you're saying it's her imagination. Oh, it's literally like they go to like Africa to New Zealand to like Indonesia to Alaska to like, they're, they're nature documentarians. Okay. Supposedly. They never go back to the UK for some reason. Don't know why. Hmm. This? They probably do, actually don't know. Yeah, what are you talking about? Season 2, episode 4. Uh, famously, season 2, episode 4 is a holiday special where they are not back home. It's about celebrating the holidays away from home and how that can be just as impactful as long as you're with your family. <laughs> I can't tell if you're serious or not. Um... <laughs> you know I'm a thornberry head. You know I'm a thornhead. Wild thornberry. What? Why is Phil... Why is Phil so aware of this show? Isn't it something that came out, like, after we were old? Why do you guys both know the plot of this? The Wild Thornberries was, like, early 2000s. Oh, really? I, I've never even heard of it. Yeah. Um. No, yeah. Uh, well, I think I was trying to do one Cartoon Network, one Nickelodeon, one Disney, but I think I ended up doing two Nickelodeon, because I think it was a Nickelodeon show. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was definitely when we were kids. Like, I guess it just didn't appeal to your sensibilities. Although that is a thing when I was talking to Phil about like, I was like, at a certain point, I was like, don't give me ideas for theories. Just pitch me out what your favorite cartoons were when you were a kid. I didn't see Phil being a Jimmy Neutron, Timmy, uh, Fairly Odd Parents guy. Really? I feel like everybody our age was, uh, like those shows. I mean, I did. Yeah. I guess it just didn't feel like a thing people talked about. <laughs> Um, we were never at the water cooler like hey did you see the timmy turner episode from that well that's because phil didn't get that installed at our school until grade three that makes sense yeah yeah timmy 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 turner (laughs) you be wishing for a burner (laughs) what a great song uh all right adrian should we uh wrap this up yeah i think it's about that time uh do you have uh my favorite of the ones you did was probably the Rugrats one. That was really funny. I like the Benjamin button. <laughs> that was uh, all Adrian, which, by the way, writing credits, loose. That They helped me come up with the idea, and then I wrote them out. <laughs> um, but yeah, that one was all me. That was I actually wrote it when I first woke up this morning, because I dreamt it last night. <laughs> if you, you want to have like extra, extra uh, validation about you picking the most prophetic one. Uh, my favorite of yours... I like the Ash one a lot, but it is a little bit derivative of the Adult Swim one, which you might have seen at some point. I don't know. The, the, oh yeah, yeah. Where the, the, the or oh wait, no. What I've seen that I thought it was the P the Peta one, where they made a video game where Ash was like a brutal animal. Uh, no, no, no. I was talking about the thing where it shows Pikachu and his Pokeball, and it's him like chilling out, drinking Hennessy, and slapping asses <laughs> of like different women around. Um, yeah, I think that one might still be my favorite though, just because I knew the, the situation the most intimately um but yeah big fact no cap yeah um actually the mr rogers one is something that i could see you even with no evidence convincing someone that it's true if they've never watched the show <laughs> same with like the series of unfortunate events one that one just really tickled me oh that one was supposed to be more silly than anything <laughs> just it's a privilege yeah, again writing me, yeah. a college admissions essay they're <laughs> like my was life was great. so hard man <laughs> i grew up in a dreary seaside town 
And it's like he was in Martha's Vineyard. Big fact. When it comes to Halloween, it's about going out, getting drunk, and partying. Let's go, baby! Hey. Uh, No capybara. I'm stealing this from my friend Mark's Facebook from like six years ago. Um... It was a picture, it was a meme of a bunch of gay guys in really, like, big buff gay guys in really, like, uh, what is it, scant clothing? Um, And it was a play on the, like, dog thing of, like, if it's too cold for them, if it's too cold for you, it's too cold for them. Bring your gays inside. <laughs> so make sure that you check up on your uh, friends dressing uh, skanky during Halloween. If it's too cold for you outside, it's too cold for them. Bring them inside. All right. Good advice. Just don't be spooky. 